Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. This is episode 55 of the Second Breaks Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is Monday, June 18th, 2018, as I record this episode. Today, I am joined by licensed professional counselor, Nancy Jane Smith, who wrote the book, The Happier Approach, Be Kind to Yourself, Feel Happier, and Still Accomplish Your Goals. In the book, Nancy explores the voice in our head that talks the loudest. She calls his voice the monger. And this monger tricks us into beating ourselves up to become a better version of ourselves. Now, Nancy says that we all have this voice, this monger voice in our heads, only that for some of us, uh, our mongers talk louder than others, and also that there are certain maybe times in our lives when they tend to talk louder than other times in our lives. So in this episode, Nancy and I talk about the happier approach, a simple way to quiet our mongers, be kinder to ourselves, while also achieving our goals and intentions. We also talk about the mistake that we so often make when we attempt self-compassion and the more productive approach that we can take instead. For the show notes for today's episode, visit secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 55. Okie dokie, let me transition to my chat with Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So you have a book that I love the title of your book, The Happier Approach, I think it is. And in this book, you talk about something that you say is the loudest voice in all of us. It's I think you call it the monger. Maybe we could start there. What is the monger? And uh, why is it talking to us very loudly? <laughs> and... Um, is it, does everybody have it or is it just some people who are susceptible to having the monger? Well, the monger is my term for the inner critic voice, which is a more common term. And, but I like the, the word monger because a monger gives um, propaganda, spreads propaganda. And that is what this voice is doing. It's telling you you're a loser or you're not worthy or you can't do this. And so it chimes in. And everyone has one. Some people, their mongers are much louder than other people, um, but everyone has one. And But the reason I wrote the book and the subtitle of the book is Be Kind to Yourself, Feel Happier, and Still Accomplish Your Goals is for a lot of us, and I'm one of these people, I believed that I needed the monger to get stuff done because the monger motivated me to do things. So I was more productive because I had this voice telling me, keep going, keep going, keep going. You're a loser if you don't keep going. So I wanted to change that dynamic. Right. Because I think that, well, at least for me, the more typical, I guess, message that I hear is that inner critic, bad, don't listen, turn the voices down. That's my message. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's still my message. But the problem I have with the message that everyone, the reason I think my message is different is I am really talking to those people who 
have a secret love with their monger. So the reason I wrote it is for years, I kept hearing all that love yourself, self love, you know, radically accept yourself. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Cause if I do that, then I'm going to be a lump on the couch, not getting anything done because my idea of self-compassion was to give myself a ton of breaks and do nothing. And that's why I developed, there's another character in the, in my model. So I have the monger and then I have who I call the BFF and the BFF is the go ahead, have that third drink, go ahead, eat the, eat all the kids Easter candy, who cares? And so we have this combination of, you know, the monger is pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. And then the BFF is like, Oh, stop listening to that. Boy, it's okay. And we consider that to be self-compassion, but that just keeps us stuck in an argument between those two voices. I, I had a totally different perspective and I'm so glad that you uh, explained that very well. And I didn't plan to talk about this or bring this example up, but I think you just explained something to me. So can I just, do you mind so much? I just, uh, I'm going to give you a specific like scenario and tell me if this is like the BFF and the monger kind of coming together. So I was once upon a time, I was part of like a, a I guess for lack of, uh, uh, lack of a better phrase, accountability group, right? So it was a group of uh, friends that got together every every couple of weeks and talked about our goals and what are we doing and what have we done, you know, that kind of stuff. So I am a type A, so full disclosure, I'm type A personality. And also, uh, you know, I, in the MBTI thing, I have a very strong TJ component side of me. So I'm very much, you know, like that. So anyway, so every time someone in the group would say, oh, I I, I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to start this project. I was supposed to call, you know, so-and-so. I was supposed to do something, whatever it was that she said she wanted to do. But I didn't because of all kinds of excuses or reasons. Immediately, one or two other people in the group would say, oh, it's okay. Of course, you know, it's totally understandable. And don't feel bad. And self-love and self-compassion and meanwhile i'm saying yeah but we've been you've been saying that for five six months and nothing has happened okay and then i feel bad because i'm like i'm supposed to be showing compassion right but that's where because then there's a third voice that i call the biggest fan and the biggest fan is that voice that says, okay, girl, you've been saying this for three months now. Enough with the excuses. We need to move forward on this or we need to pick another goal because this hanging out with the BFF saying, it'll be fine, no worries, isn't accomplishing anything. And so it's that idea of the accountability piece that's kind. So not like get it together, you big loser, you're so lazy, I can't believe you haven't worked on this project. And not the self-compassion, quote unquote, that we say, no, don't worry about it. Be kind to yourself. But the middle road that is your voice in that accountability group saying, really, like we got to do something with this and we got to move forward. So how can we do that? I know there's a lot of things freaking you out about this, but we got to take some steps. And you're saying, Nancy, that these voices, in my example, these were literally people, right? But what you're saying is that we have these voices in our heads, in our minds. Yes. And so a lot for a lot of people, um, 
that are unhappy in their jobs, they'll work with their monger all week long. So the monger's there harassing them to be productive and get stuff done. And you need to get out of this job and this sucks. And why are we doing this? And blah, 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 blah. And then the weekend, they just go into BFF mode. And so they're going, because they're so stressed, they need a release, so they go into BFF mode, and then they just are alternating between those two modes, and they never get anything done. Oh my goodness. That is the clearest explanation that I've ever heard. So thank you so much for that. Now, I wanted to, there are a couple of tracks I wanted to take this. So one was, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier. You said that you were experiencing this yourself, and did you say that you needed to befriend your monger or how, how did you say it again earlier? I've been experiencing it myself. Like my whole life was monger run. Like everything I did was because my monger said, this is the next thing. We need to go to this university. We need to graduate with this GPA. We need to get this job. We need to be married. We, you know, it's all those check boxes and you, you don't stop and look around to say, is this university I want to go to? Is this the job I want to be in? You know, it doesn't give us that space because our mongers keep us in that black and white thinking of there's a right way and a wrong way constantly trying to find the right way and we get lost. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I think you talk about uh, telltale signs or how we can tell whether the monger has taken over. <laughs> and so um, if you wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit, how would we know that it's taken over? And also along the same lines, is it can we tell ourselves that it's taken over or do we need other people to tell us that? The hardest part about the monger is it's so comfortable. It's it's so familiar is the right word. So we're not, it's not comfortable because we hate how it makes us feel, but we're so used to the voice that a lot of us would say, you know, when anyone says to me, I don't have a monger, I say, you have a monger. You're just not aware of it. It's just become one. It's just the voice you hear all the time. So I do in the book, I have seven signs, which I'm not going to go through all of them here, but I wanted to touch on some, some, um, that I think would help your listeners. And one of the big ones is I got this and the, the, you mean meaning the voice says, I got this. You are like, I got this. I can do it. I not even like, and I can do it like an empowered way. But in the book, I tell an example of there's one character in the book, Samantha, who goes through all my different stories of trying to get away from her monger. And she's at work and her boss has overloaded her um, schedule. She's a huge report and she's in her boss is like, you're way overwhelmed. You know, maybe you should ask for help. And she's like, nope, I got this. I totally got it. And she gets hyper controlling of trying to get everything done. And she doesn't ask for help. She doesn't reach out to people. She's just militant about her to-do list. And that's the monger saying, hold on to control. Keep moving forward. We can do this. You're a loser if you ask for help. You got to keep everything under your thumb. I think I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah. When you said type A, I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I think that that resonates. <laughs> 
Right, right. So I had a, a woman recently who said to me, I don't rec- I don't know this. My monger doesn't call me a loser, which is my usual example because my monger loves to call me a loser. Um, but she said, but she said, but this, I got this thing. I'm totally, she's obsessed with her to-do list and checking things off her list to the point where it's 10 o'clock at night and she's cleaning off the counters for the millionth time that day in the kitchen. And her husband is laying on the floor in the living room and she's angry at him for laying on the floor. And I'm like, the only reason you're cleaning off the, t- the counters is because it's on your to-do list because you're trying to avoid the monger attacking you. And if you take over, you know, if you can, in your mind, if you can check everything off the to-do list, you're, you're winning. But are you? You know, I mean, I notice that like if I'm on the holidays when I'm super controlling and I'm trying to take care of everything, it's usually because my monger is telling me this has to go a certain way. This has to be perfect. We can't mess this up. Don't ask for help. You know, so that is one that the type A's love. Um, another telltale sign is a 10 reaction to a two situation. So, um, I have an example of that this weekend I was hanging out with my family and I got a little triggered by my brother, which, you know, tends to happen. And I just went off on, my husband about it and had a, it was a two situation. It was so minimal, but meaning like it was not highly emotional. It wasn't like he was, my brother wasn't yelling at me or he was just, you know, he just said one little thing and it took me to a 10 of emotional, you know, so it could be that you're at work and your monger triggers you, you know, you mess up a deadline and your monger's like, you're such a loser. I can't believe you messed up this deadline. And it's a little thing, but that little thing is goes on and on all day about how you're going to get fired and you're never going to be happy in a job and it can just snowball. And so by the time you get home, you're screaming at your kids because they didn't clean up the dishes when that isn't the point, you know, that isn't what the real issue is. So anytime you have a 10 emotional reaction is a time to check and be like, wait a minute, has my monger been chiming at me all day? And then the last one I will say is numbing and numbing is the BFF. So anytime you're drinking excessively, playing video games excessively, um, eating excessively, you know, I know when I'm in the middle of the day and I head down to have a snack, um, it's usually time for me to check in and see if my monger is running the show. So we can we can recognize these voices. And as you pointed out, uh, you have four more in the book that you describe as four more telltale, telltale signs. But could you perhaps give some suggestions? And we'll talk about the book in, in a minute. But can you maybe give some suggestions in terms of like, when we are noticing these things happening, and that they're taking over? Um, what are there quick things that we can do short of going to a therapist? <laughs> well, I actually have, there's an acronym that I have that I talk about in the book um, that's called ASK. And ASK is what I say, that's my strategy for dealing with the monger. So when you know the monger is talking, the first step in ASK is to acknowledge what you're feeling, which I know <laughs> if I could figure out a way to do this without acknowledging what you're feeling, trust me, I would have. I, you know, I, I hate that that is a, um, I hate that that's a strategy <laughs> because even though I'm a therapist, I think I became a therapist so I could learn how to not have feelings instead of racing them. But, um, but it is a key and it's just acknowledging what you're feeling. So if, you know, you notice your monger's talking, so to be able to pause and say, I'm feeling angry at my coworker for messing up this deadline, or I'm feeling sad that I'm in this job and I hate it. 
so that we you can once you can acknowledge what you're feeling you can start recognizing let's make some changes here instead of what we're taught is be grateful soldier on keep going this sucks for everyone think positive you know and that is is great i'm not saying but in our culture we've taken it to an extreme and so we don't acknowledge what's really going on and so that's the a the S is slow down and get into your body. And that could be something as simple as touching your toes. I'm not telling people to do five minute meditations or anything. You know, I can't meditate to save my life. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not something I can do. But getting out of your head and recognizing, oh, I have a body down here. Like there's a whole being is helpful. And then K to kindly pull back to see the big picture. So you can step back and say, wait a minute, I missed this deadline, but it has absolutely nothing to do with my performance. It is that I'm overworked right now. And so the deadline got lost. And so I got to figure out new strategies for hitting these deadlines, or I got to figure out how to clear my plate a little bit, or I got to figure out now's the time I got to get out of this job. I can't do it anymore. And so being able to see the big picture of, because our mongers put these blinders on us that are either I'm a good person or I'm a bad person. And so to be able to pull back and see, wait a minute, there's a lot at play here. And that's the last step. You're listening to the Second Breaks podcast, a weekly show that explores what it really takes to make a move in today's fast changing world. Now, I often ask my guests, what's the thing that helped them the most during their career move or career transition? And you know, the most common response I get to that question is people being surrounded by folks who are doing something similar, going after the same goals, climbing the same mountain. Now, I know it can be hard to find that tribe, that group of people where you can have supportive and real conversations about your career, about your career goals. And that's why I am inviting you to unthriving.net. Think of Unthriving as the social and professional network for folks who want to build resilient careers. We are a community of people who care about our work and want to continue to grow and thrive in the new economy. And we believe the easier way to climb that mountain is with others. Learn more about Unthriving and request your insider's pass by visiting unthriving.net. That's Unthriving. One word, dot net. And the one thing I mean, especially for people in career stuff, anytime you're trying to change, anytime you're like, I'm going to leave this job and go after something different, or I'm going to branch out, your monger will be so loud. Like that's the time when it amps up. And so I will tell clients, you're on to something. Like the reason your monger is so loud right now is you're on to something. So it's, it's, I don't, it's not a, it's a voice to be, to recognize and not necessarily listen to, but when your monger is talking, it's time for you to start paying attention of, oh, now I need to see, I'm, I need to pull back and see where I can go with this because my monger is freaked out. I must be doing something right. Right. Oh, that was the other question I was going to ask because uh, when we started talking about this and we were saying, does everybody... Or I was asking, does everybody have a monger? And you said, well, yeah, everybody does. It's just that for some people, it's a little bit, you know, softer than others or, or the reverse. Um, but that the other question was that, is it that sometimes it flares up? 
right? So it's it's sometimes it's uh, ordinarily <laughs> it's under control, but that there are certain situations, um, trigger points, or maybe you're doing something. It's a phase in life, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And I think it is. And that's where when anyone that tells you, I can help you get rid of your inner critic, or I can help you, you know, get rid of your monger, they're lying, because it's, it's always there. It's figuring out coping mechanisms to move through its voice faster. Got it. And so is the ask method also another way of uh, encouraging the biggest fan voice? Yes, okay, exactly. Gotcha. Got so it. by the time you get to the K, kindly pull back to see the big picture, the theory is that there's the biggest fan saying, let's look at this big picture. And, you know, and I, and I got this for you. And so it was cool. I had the three characters illustrated and their illustrations are in the book. And the illustrators asked me, what are some, what are the TV characters you want to base these off of? And so we said the monger was Karen from Will and Grace with the voice talking all the time. <laughs> and then Amy Schumer, the comedian, is the BFF who's just like, go ahead, have that third drink. And then um, and then I aged myself by saying that the biggest fan was Allison Janney from the West Wing. You know, that is so apt. To I could totally see those characters. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's helpful to have that visual to be able to you know when they're talking to be like oh yeah you know gotcha gotcha that is amazing where can people find your book nancy so my book is online it's on amazon it's i have a, an audio version um on audible and it's on barnesandnoble.com got it oh there's an audio version even better so that is perfect so happy what's the happier approach be kind to yourself, feel happier, and still accomplish your goals. Perfect. Now, there's another thing that I wanted to ask you, because I think you mentioned this to me in an email exchange that we had. You have a community of folks. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, that is, it's just opened this week, so it's just getting started. We're new. <laughs> But I wanted to build a community because I do believe this work is ongoing. So it and and I did I promised myself when I wrote the book, I wasn't just going to write a book and not have any additional support. And so the community is the additional support to the book that people can come when they're having a monger attack, when they're trying to get a new goal, that they can come and share it there and get support from the other from other people in the community. Because I think, you know, my bookshelf is full of self-help books that I have read and not implemented or not even finished. And so I wanted it to be like, okay, how do we, how can I build a place where people can come and get support as they're moving through their lives? That's true. And, and some of, sometimes it's, at least with me, um, when these things are flaring up is when I want to crawl into a cave and just be by myself. And actually that's, that's the opposite of what I should be doing. Yes. <laughs> because yes, it just makes exactly. it louder. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Absolutely. Yes. So um, where, did you say you just started the community, Nancy? Yes, it just started this week. Okay. So. And where can people find more information about that? They can find more information at my website, live-happier.com. And then it's back, backslash H-A-M-C. H-A-M-C. What does that stand for? Happier, happier approach, mentoring community. 
But if they go to my, if livehappier.com, there's a link right there. So they don't have to remember the H-A-M-C part, but there's a link right on the front page that takes them to the mentoring community and they can read more about it there. So um, a couple more questions. Actually, um, Nancy, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? I didn't even ask you that at the beginning. but <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I love talking about the book. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor in Columbus, Ohio. And so I help women and men, but mostly women, just because they're the ones that that come, uh, who needs support in letting go of anxiety and overwhelm. And my theory is that anxiety, the reason we have so much anxiety and overwhelm is largely because of this monger voice. And we don't know how to talk to ourselves. And so that's the strategies that I give people. Gotcha. That is good. Do you usually just work with people like face to face, like the, the, the typical therapy sort of relation therapists? patient relationship where I have an office that I'd see people in in Columbus. And then I also can do online work through zoom. Um, that is more coaching, you know, just cause my counseling license doesn't spread to the world, but it's the similar work, just not as in depth online. Gotcha. That's good. All right. So, uh, we talked quite a bit already about where people can find you online and such. One other question then, would you mind, uh, I'm such a book nerd in it, but I always run out of books to recommend to people. Uh, and so is there a book that you've read recently that uh, has made an impact and that you might be able to recommend? Yes. So the book I would recommend is called America the Anxious, and it's by Ruth Whitman. And it's how it's the subtitle. It's how our pursuit of happiness is creating a nation of nervous wrecks. And she's a journalist. And I love the the take she has as a journalist who she wrote it because she was like, I'm so she's pursuing this happiness and it was leaving her more anxious. It was just a very well done book and not a self-help. It was self-helpy, but not the typical self-helpy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think I'm going to pick up that book because that sounds very intriguing. All right. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for coming on to the show. This has been fantastic. I'm going to have to have you back on the show to talk a little bit more about this. Thank you. I'd love to come back. That takes care of this week's episode. I hope you found it useful. You will find the show notes for this episode along with other relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 55. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would leave me your feedback on iTunes. Your rating and review will help put this podcast in front of professionals like you who want to grow and thrive through their work. Go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review to get the step-by-step instructions on how to do it. And as always, you can reach me by email lou at secondbreaks.com if you have any questions, have some additional thoughts about today's episode, um, or just want to tell me what you're doing as you're listening to this podcast. I would love to hear from you. And while you're at it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you never have to miss future episodes. I will be back next week with a new guest and a new career story, I promise. Till then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 